Hey y'all, it's your girl Marita, Spiritual Homegirl, and we're back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before y'all get started, y'all know I cannot do any podcast episode without thanking you all for listening. So thank you for listening, boo friend. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears once a week for about an hour or so, and I hella appreciate that. But technically, I am on day seven of my seven-day podcast marathon. If I am led, led or guided, I'll try to say lied it. <laughs> if I was led or guided by spirit to jump on my tomorrow, I definitely will. But I want to thank you all for listening over the last seven days and really just tapping in um, with your folks. Like I haven't really sent an email or text about it. I probably should. And I probably will um, once I get off mic and upload this episode. But I just wanted to just express and those that are meant to hear it can hear it. And if those that are meant to hear it, once I tell them that I'm actually doing it, I'm meant to hear it, then great. But I wanted to, as promised, um, do an episode about some things that can really um, threaten our ability to grow and be safe, actually, um, while we're on the journey of self-betterment and self-discovery. Um, and um, before I get started, don't forget to join the text list. I am ready to start getting people more aware about what I'm working on. I've been talking about it for the last seven days and I really mean what I say. I am launching it this month. It is absolutely necessary. Um, I am ready to do this. It's been years in the making and I'm just ready. I mean, I low-key was kind of doing it in one aspect and I realized that I need to really expand and do it the way I need to do it um, and not feel limited. So I'm really excited. Don't forget to text the word podcast to 81493 or you can click the link in my show notes and sign up for the text list or the email list and sign up that way. If you have not tapped in with the Aquarius um, t-shirt challenge, which comes with a checklist to keep you on point with your Aquarius placements or and the t-shirt as well, um, click the link in my bio. Don't forget, I'm retiring a lot of stuff in the homegirl shop. I'm just ready to kind of elevate. I'm not just a t-shirt brand. Um, I'm a platform and I have different ways that I go about helping folks. And, you know, t-shirts are cool. But there's certain things that just I just feel like are just kind of they're in a place to retire. Um, and I'm retiring all of my Zodiac shirt challenges and I will be um, retiring them season by season. I don't know if, if I actually said this, um, this part, but I am retiring them season by season. So each sign um, starting the beginning of Gregorian 2022. So Capricorn season has passed, but every sign will have the opportunity to get their T-shirt challenge at a goodbye price. And once that good price, a goodbye price, and that period is over for that season, the shirts will be retired. So after Aquarius season is over, which is another week or so, um, no, 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 excuse me, today's the 10th, another nine or 10 days or so, that is when I'm getting rid of the Aquarius shirt and I will give Pisces their chance to get their shirts at the last um, last call price and you know after that it will go bye-bye so again click the link in my bio or you can go to spiritualhomegirl.shop and get your t-shirts so i want to go ahead and get straight to the point um with the things i had three things i feel like two are very important so i'm going to speak on the two no well maybe they're tied together we'll see we'll see we'll see um, for those that don't know, I usually have production on my episodes um, when I feel led to speak and I don't have enough time to get the audio to my producer. I just jump on mic. So I do have a theme song and things of that nature. And I actually have an interview that I need to get out with um, Arlen Hamilton very soon. Arlen Hamilton is dope. And I was able to interview her for 12 
um, 12 good minutes, sweet, short and sweet to the point. Okay. Um, and I will get into how that actually happened. Um, at a later date, I also have a sex therapist. One of the OGs that I've always had love and respect for since I was much, much younger. She is awesome. She's been in the field for over 20 years. She, um, she's I, like, she literally is like, <laughs> I have certain mental health professionals that I love so much that have inspired me to get in the field, like Dr. Homegirls. Um, and as I prepared to potentially become Dr. Homegirl in my own right, I did want to bring um, more people that I know that are in the field that are in specialized positions and specialized niches to the show. So email and tech subscribers will help me email, um, help me interview her. Um, and that will come later on um, once we finalize um, a date and time and things like that. But I'm so excited because she's dope. She's really about getting the the conflict between faith and sexuality or the shame of sexuality with respect to faith and different faiths. Um, out of the way and it's not just from a heteronormative lens and that makes me very excited so anyway so things that we have that can that we we deal with and i say we because i'm never above my own advice and i've been a victim of this this way of living um because i was programmed that's why i say victim but once you realize that you've been programmed then you can grow and go from victim to survivor and you can really see like some of this stuff is fed to us to destroy us and um, one of those things being is a it's kind of a dissonance, actually, is one thing that can destroy us. It's dangerous. There's multiple types of cognitive dissonance. But I will give you an example. An example of a form of cognitive dissonance is when you have a belief and someone produces information that can pretty much debunk that belief. But even in the presence of factual keyword, factual proven information, um, that says that that belief is actually not quite valid in terms of an evidence-based situation. We still hold on to that belief because we cannot let it go. And I see that a lot. I've seen it even more over the last three years. And I'm not saying anything specific, but it's just that sometimes we have the belief. And even when somebody shows something in our face, it's just like, no, no, no. I, I don't want to believe that, though. Um, and, you know, I just cannot believe anything other than what I want to believe and the arguing down of stuff, even in the midst of trusted evidence. And even then that's a little bit subjective, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, even in the midst of evidence that supports otherwise, um, we will still argue that down. And um, that's one thing that's dangerous because if we have a belief about something and there is evidence that supports otherwise. And I know people are probably framing this around the pandemic, but it, this is actually around a lot of other things outside of what I've seen a lot of arguing points of in terms of, you know, the vaccines and, and stuff in masks and stuff like that. I'm not like it's man. Cognitive dissonance goes way further than just that. It's a it's really applicable in every aspect. Um, but like, for instance. Sometimes we will believe something based on our experience and when there's a, a statistic based on a certain sample size that says hey based on this this is this we'll still be like okay well that's not true like one thing i see with kind of dissonance is perceptions about black people people will have all these perceptions about black people and what they do and how they act and then when the statistics come out that show a different mindset people are so attached to their feelings on black people and people of other races as well I can only speak to my experience as a black woman, but 
you know, even when in the face of that statistical evidence that may say something different or some type of other evidence that says something different. Or even if we believe something about somebody and somebody that we believe that about says something to the contrary or produces evidence of the contrary, we'll still hold on to our belief about that person. That is cognitive. That's that is the type of stuff that is cognitive dissonance, and it is dangerous because belief will have us walking into situations that are dangerous when the facts are right there to avoid walking into the situation to begin with. It is dangerous to feel like our belief, our belief, even in the face of an evidential danger, is more important than the thing that's saying, "Hey, girl, don't do that." Like we got to be careful. Sometimes the writing is on the wall. And we'll say, oh, I don't know that. I don't know what that says. Yes, you do. Read what's on the wall. Now, you can agree with it or disagree with it. But at the same time, the belief that that writing is not on the wall, that is dangerous. Again, we don't have to like the things that we see. But at the same time, our feelings about things can kind of get us into trouble if we do not know how to not only recognize it, manage it, and continue to regulate. And I have seen a lot of instances where people have kind of um, let their emotions put them in situations that are not favorable. And I am not speaking in terms of an individualized thing, in terms of like somebody, like I've seen one person. I see it on a grand scale where it's just constant things just happen because people just don't know how to control their emotions about stuff. So what I can say is that one way to kind of prevent that from happening and I, and I know it's get very nuanced because sometimes people may need help whether it's peer or professional help you know what i'm saying like um and when i mean professional i mean like professional with like letters and stuff because i think there's some great peer support resources that can help and that's a whole nother conversation that i may talk about because i don't like the elitism when it comes to institutions um that's a whole nother uh conversation but i feel like you know sometimes people really do need help but other times we can control what we react to and how so sometimes it might be as simple as pausing before responding and be like oh wait let me take three breaths or let me put that down and determine if i want to pick that back up in five minutes and how i want to address that like sometimes the need to immediately respond i blame society for that because we have such a microwavable way of living now anything that we want we can have at our fingertips amazon gets your stuff here less than well honestly amazon gets your stuff here the same day depending on what you're ordering um, social media, um, it's just, you know, people always are asking for immediate responses. What do you think? Um, and you know, it's okay to pause sometimes before responding. So you don't get hemmed up without properly processing what it is that you're asked to respond to. Now, the second thing, I'm just going to leave it at two for now. The second thing is lack of comprehension. Again, disclaimer, I am not talking about those with learning disabilities. No. I'm not talking about that. That's a very nuanced situation. And I, and I don't like having to do disclaimers because I feel like that's, you know, common sense. But I'm realizing now that even common sense is subjective um, as I would never attack a group of people. They are just doing their best. Um, but I do want to say that this is not including learning disabilities. What I'm talking about is people that are able-bodied and lazy. Lazy. And I've been one of these people. So I'm never above nothing I'm saying. What I mean by that is we will form opinions about things, people, situations, whatever. We form opinions without doing research. 
We have emotional responses. And again, going back to my first thing about cognitive dissonance, we have beliefs about things based on small snippets of information. One minute, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. And it'll be a, a small part of a larger piece of content that we need to actually dive into, whether it's a screenshot of a paper or, or some form of research or an article or a podcast or a television program or a movie or a documentary. We will look at the, let me guess, well, seven, eight percent. We'll look at this a little bit of something that kind of shows seven, eight percent of what that really is. And we will form entire Think pieces, thought processes, beliefs, diagnoses, and what we think is going on. And that is dangerous. That is so dangerous. And, I, and I'm probably talking, I'm yelling. I'm in my, my healing dome right now here um, just chilling. But I really am concerned, y'all. I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned because I'm seeing that happen. They making us lazy. They know because everything is so easily accessible that we are not going to have the will to research more because there's so much other information to consume, especially when they're in bite-sized digestible pieces. It is literally information overload. The information highway is low-key jammed, in my opinion, because there's so many ways to access things and there's so many things to access things that there are cars stuck on the road because they are looking at all the signs that we can notice on this highway. And they're looking at each other, looking at other cars. Looking at the accidents on the opposite side of the interstate. Like, it's just, we had an information highway, like, traffic jam, gridlock right now. It is so much. And I don't think our brains, I mean, I feel like the brain can do what you want it to do. So, I'm not saying in a, in a limited mindset. But society is changing in front of our very eyes. When I was in school, Google was new. So imagine how much of a societal shift it is to go from Encyclopedia Britannica's and, and having to do actual research in a library with all of these scholarly works and pieces of literature that you have to read to now just getting on your computer and going to Google.com and then just putting in a search and then having tens of thousands of, of things that are related to what you're looking for. That's a lot. And that's just for one item. So think from a, another standpoint with things that are controversial. And I'll speak on this one. Biden agreeing to put funding towards having crack pipes um, available for those who want to use. And I sat and watched over the last two days how people reacted. And I saw the anger. And I could tell that folks didn't quite, either you don't care, kind of a dissidence of what's going on, or you just didn't do the research, which means it's lazy. Because one thing we do know, it has been proven, whether it's agreed upon or not, harm reduction is effective when it comes to helping those that are suffering from addiction. So if there's funding being put to those who need safe um, or safe ways to use without harming themselves, I don't, me personally, because again, I'm in, I'm in the mental wellness field. I'm not saying that as a flex, but it's because I was taught about harm reduction long beforehand, but I get a better idea of it now that I've been working in this field for some years. Now I get it now. I'm like, harm reduction is what's up. Like the whole point is to help people, not to write them off as just because they're addicts, they don't deserve help. That's something that can help them. So I understand the need for it. But what I saw was a lot of judgment. I saw a lot of people not read and not research what this type of concept is. I mean, now, again, 
I blame the media too because the media worded things a certain way, knowing that we are very um, easily reacted or easily provoked emotionally. They they knew what they was doing. I mean, but we already know that, right? Um, but we that was one thing. But also, I could tell people just kind of just said, oh, well, well quote unquote, crackheads don't need pipes. They need this and we need this and we need that. That was divisive. It was very divisive. And I feel like if people had did more research on what that actual concept is, I don't think people would feel that way, especially the same people that came claim to care about, even in our community, about the crack era and how that destroyed a lot of families and destroyed a lot of people. How can you say that in one breath and then talk about harm reduction in another? Like, that's odd to me. And what I will say is that people are mad at folks benefiting. Let me choose my words carefully on this. Please feel free to rerun this back because I can only say it one way. And there's a reason why I can only say it one way. And I can't necessarily share that reason on air. Before you get mad at people that benefit from the politics, you need to look at how that even happened before getting divisive on people that are benefiting from things that are put into office. I'll leave it at that. Anyway, so that is something, um, the laziness of us as humans... <laughs> Our laziness, our collective laziness, and the cognitive dissonance. I've been in both situations, and I have to work every day to stay on point and stay on top of it because it is very easy to get trapped into a groupthink mindset where you are literally sounding like everybody else, thinking like everybody else, because that's kind of the cool thing to do now. It's kind of cool to kind of roll with the punches and not think for yourself. When you think for yourself, especially on things that are already kind of agreed upon on a norm, whether the norm is correct or not, they will shame you for it. They will silence you. And I'm not talking about offensive obtuseness and people being idiots. That's different. I'm talking about going against the status quo. Um, you know, you can either stay programmed or not. And that's a choice. But at the same time, when you choose to kind of deprogram, you'll notice that it gets very lonely. And you'll notice that people that you was cool with that you thought you would be cool with forever. You're not really cool with them like that anymore. Like y'all don't really fit. It's no beef. It's just that y'all don't so y'all just don't click. So sometimes you'll notice that, but I will tell you, for those that are kind of breaking free from these two things and learning that the cognitive dissonance isn't working and being lazy with the research and being emotionally reactive without kind of doing the proper Googles to make sure we know what we're reacting to, I just want to tell y'all, as y'all homegirl, please stick with it. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel like everything you was taught was a lie. In some cases, that's true, but please do not sell yourself short. Please continue to think for yourself. This is what spiritual homegirl is all about. I don't want anybody to follow everything that I do. I don't want people to follow anything that anybody else does. That's a disrespect to yourself. You're here for your own journey. You're here to figure out your own blueprint, build your own house on this journey. Like you are able to do that. And I just want to remind people, you have the power to figure it out. You do. So that is what I wanted to talk about on today's episode. So kind of dissidents and um, being, you know, lazy that's dangerous, y'all. We got to stay on point. We do. So with that being said, um, thank y'all for tapping in. I noticed that a lot of these episode topics have been on a heavier side, but I'm being led to speak and I can't deny spirit. When spirits cause me to speak, I have to sit and confirm. And once I confirm, that means it's, it's, I have to do it. Um, those that know, if you tapped in like that, you know, like there is no denying the assignment once you've been assigned the assignment. So um, I just want to say I love y'all, man. I really do. Please stay safe out here energetically, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, especially. Please take care of yourself. Please get off of them apps. If they are getting too triggering for you, please turn the TV off if it's getting too triggering for you. Um, sometimes things that are entertaining can also be harmful. 
So just please remember what you're watching and just kind of take care of yourself when you do consume things that might be a little triggering or um, a little heavy. So again, don't forget to text podcast to 81493 to join my text list. I will be sharing what I'm working on very soon. I'll be sharing this month. In the next seven days, I will more than likely give y'all more clues so y'all can make sure that y'all are signed up and ready to roll. And um, yeah, please leave a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review or any other app that streams the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Definitely leave a review. I want to align with people that I'm meant to align with. Please share with a friend, someone you care about. And um, yeah, so with that being said, y'all, this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, take care of yourself. Okay, love y'all. Peace.